Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The show is about to begin. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Concerts That Made Us. I'm your host Brian, and Happy New Year. I hope you all had a great time over the holidays. Now, I thought I'd do something a little bit different at the start of this episode. Instead of boring you with the usual where to find us and stuff you already know, I thought I'd give you a bit of music trivia. So, which rock star often gets fans asking them to cut them or put cigarettes out in their faces? And has even had one fan ask them to sign their scrotum. Crazy, I know. So tune back in next week to hear the answer. Now, my guest this week is the brilliant Danny Nono from Big Eleanor Records. I know you're going to really enjoy this episode. So, without further ado, let's get on with the show.
Danny Nono, you're very welcome to Concerts That Made Us. Yeah, thank you for uh, spending your Tuesday afternoon with me. <laughs> it's Hopefully no problem. It. There's, a, there's probably nothing I can think I'd rather be doing anyway than spending a chatting with you. Same, same. <laughs> so you're a musician and you have your own record label, Big Eleanor Records. Before we get into it, though, we just heard your song, Back on My Bullshit. Would you like to <laughs> tell us a bit about that? Yeah, uh, back on my bullshit. No more appropriate way to start off what we got going on here. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Right, right. Okay, okay. So um, tell me a bit about your yourself as a musician. How did you get into music? What, what interested you? Yeah, definitely. So I guess just at a young age, music as an art form always kind of connected to me. Um, and then just as I got a little bit older, I somehow found out I had the ability to play the drums. I don't really ever consider myself a drummer. I just have always considered myself someone who uses drums as just the ability to get art out, to get feeling out, to get emotion out. Um, so I found out I had that capability kind of at a young age. Uh, so, you know, as soon as high school hit, me and just any like-minded friends just kind of formed together and we started playing music together as soon as we could. Um, yeah, so just even before that, just music as an art form has always been more what I took in from as, as early as possible. Like, I, I appreciate, you know, physical art. I appreciate dance. I appreciate, you know, the drawing and painting and, and you know, what I mean, any other form of art that there is the literature and all that. But for some reason, music has always Appeal stuck to, you. to me yeah, and has been my ability as well. When you say you found out you had the ability, was it a natural sort of thing? You just sat down at a set of drums and start playing and you were you were good at them? Basically, uh, yeah, I, I guess just, uh, I, I don't know. I always kind of knew I had this creative mind and was just kind of always like wandering around in the world. And even at a young age, I was like, all right, I got this creative mind, but I still don't know how or why. And then I just happened to, Definitely. I just sat down at a drum set. I just, for some reason, being an entertainer always kind of stuck with me. I, I just remember at a young age being musician, a comedian, just something that is like, I don't know, just someone I always Performing. felt like I could, yeah, could come out and kind of not rep maybe represent the people who didn't have the ability to be out in, in the fit. Just, I always felt kind of a connection to people who do entertainment and, and things like that. Um, so one time I did, I just literally physically approached a drum set that was just in front of me. And I sat down and just like held a beat more than the average person would their first time. And I was like, okay, let me maneuver my parents into buying me one of these. And then it just kind of developed from there. Yeah. Yeah. Did the creative talent, so to speak, come from your parents? Were they creative people? So I like to think that, yeah, yes and no. So my father, he is... He was in the Marines. He was kind of, you know, a nine to five, always a nine to five, just go and do what is needed to be done kind of mindset. So I feel like I absorbed that in. Um, but my mom, who I consider is in one of the most underrated and underappreciated forms of art, and it's not even considered a form of art. So my mom is an elementary school teacher, and I consider that to be one of the most overlooked art forms. So 
I don't know if if that relates to it. Like none of them are in like making music, none of them. But my mom being an elementary school teacher, I started to appreciate that more of an art form recently. And I feel like, oh, I picked up a lot of my approach from how she approaches a school year or a student or something like that. Yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting one. Though. I've never heard a teacher being uh, described as creative or uh or an artist, so to speak. But when you when you really think about it, there is a lot of creativity that goes into teaching. There's the creativity, there's the passion, and you got to have the day-to-day thinking as well as the forward thinking. Um, not many jobs require you to do day-to-day thinking and long-term thinking, couple-month thinking at the same time. So, yeah, I definitely, yeah, teaching overlooked art form and definitely draw a lot of inspirations from the, the teachers who are in it for the real reason out there. Yeah, yeah. And they're, they seem to be getting harder to come by the teachers that are in it for the love of teaching nowadays. But um, as a kid then, who were you listening to? Was there any artists that made you think, God, I just want to be like them? Yes, and I still, <laughs> I still form, if you take a step back, I will still form a basic, my musical approach when I'm actually playing the drums is, from the start, if you want to look at the most basic of bands or like, you know, the most out upfront rock bands before you get to like the obscure shit and shit. Uh, I just like to f- still to this day, I'm a mixture of the Ramones and Rush. So from from the first time I heard both of those bands, I was like, OK, something about both of these bands connect with me. They're literally on polar opposites of musical approach. But, I, you know, I mean, I like to fasten myself somewhere in the middle and it's always kind of been like that. Yeah, yeah, they're uh, they're two good ones, all right. They're they're not ones you'd hear often when people talk about influences. Maybe the Ramones, but not so much Rush. You know, they don't come up too often. Not not so much anymore. I feel like uh, we're also at the stage where people who are making music now aren't looking to the seventies so much anymore. Where you know, I mean, people at some point stop looking to the sixties. Where people, so I think we're at that point where the seventies is just too old to some like not to to some people but as an influence it might be considered just too outdated at this point so i feel like that might be why too yeah it's like uh younger the younger generation nowadays it's just not cool enough for them or something but like (laughs) the 60s and 70s are the coolest decades that there has been you know i mean as far as rock stars go like they were legitimate rock stars who were doing legitimate like occult shit and like you know i mean like get into like the crazy shit of what you yeah. think of a rock star should be doing like the 70s even the 80s i mean the hair metal was like that too um but not not so much anymore and i feel like there is the disconnect because the 70s was bringing like the motherfuckers who were like literally doing satanic shit and doing like <laughs> crazy shit with groupies and all that shit like yeah speaking of that actually it's uh funny you bring it up it's not so much great music but i watched that movie the dirt last night about motley crew holy shit those guys when you say rock star like they really got up to some crazy shit along the way you know oh my goodness yeah i i've uh i've listened to an audiobook i i consume my 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 literature via audiobook um so i listened to an audiobook about just like the 80s scene from like the start to the finish it had like instead of like one narrator it had like different people saying different things throughout so it was like the singer from rat talking about this and this guy talking about that so and yeah motley crew uh all of them like all of the early 80s it was like crazy diy they would have like 
the chicks who like they had no money they would just like get all these crazy chicks who loved them and they would be the ones who would feed them and make their their costumes and like it would be like shit made in a basement and yeah they would be on some crazy shit i yeah all of them like early 80s bands were on some like real fucking intense like they they got down exactly exactly i was actually reading something the other day though that was saying uh 70s and 80s well the 60s and 70s gave birth to the rock star and the 80s was like the golden age of rock stars but now we're like the we're in the age now where rock stars are dying you know the whole image of being a rock star is going away nobody wants to be a rock star anymore you know it's a it's a weird time we're living in i suppose when it comes to rock stars and music I think uh, because people are afraid to be labeled doing something incorrectly. Like if a band's just like coming out like, oh, I trashed seven hotels in a row. Everyone would just be like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you doing that shit? Where like in the 70s, it was like, yo, these guys are fucking crazy. Whoa. Now people are like kind of it's such old news that like I feel like the biggest rock star move now. And it seems like in the public eyes to like do as much charity work as possible it's like damn these guys are killing it as rock stars they don't need to care you know what i mean which yeah. is cool like i'm not mad about it but i feel like it just that shit's Completely like old news where it's like yeah you do that shit if you destroy a fucking hotel toilet everyone's gonna be like okay boomer like what do you like you know what i mean <laughs> yeah yeah what uh i have to ask what sort of rock star do you aspire to be so since we're on the topic <laughs> oh okay um I mean, I feel like I'm going to be one of those, maybe not even rock star, but musician or artist as a whole that people won't know what I'm doing until years after the fact. So I'm not going to be someone who is like in the public eye, like, oh, this guy did this crazy. So I might do something that is eye catching or something that's like attention grabbing, but I'm not going to be like the guy who's like in the news or always in the eye. It's going to be like after a year or two, you're going to like, one of your friends are going to be like, Oh, do you ever hear of this kid? And then they're going to look and be like, Oh, his resume is ridiculous. So basically uh, a lot of people who I'm aspiring to kind of follow suit on aren't really in the rock game as much. Uh, people like MF doom uh, people like LP um i'm looking at the early 2000s like backpack rap area quote unquote backpack i use that term broadly i don't really like it too much but it, it is very understandable term uh the early 2000s underground rap scene and just kind of how they approach things was so dusty and so for the love of it that basically you take anyone from that like the asap rock and the like i said the dooms and the any of the groups that lp worked with and definitive junks as a label and stuff like that so it's more of oh, I didn't even know this person existed. How did I miss out on this person? Because look how much cool shit they've done when I wasn't looking at them type of thing. Yeah, yeah. I feel like from a consumer's point of view, that's kind of like gold for us because at that stage, there's so much of a back catalog that you can get into instead of just, you know, jumping on board when they're just coming out and waiting for releases. Whereas if you've been working away in the shadows all this time, then people get into you. You know, there's this massive back catalog that people can just sink their teeth into. It's a perfect way to approach it. It's it's fun as a consumer. I've I've I, that happened to me a lot lately because I'm getting into a little bit more new. Like right now, I'm in a couple artists that I've never really listened to too much before. So it's like, 
oh, I never listened to them. Let me start checking them out now. Holy shit. There's like three years worth of work, five years worth of work. Oh my God. The shit that came out four years ago is amazing. Like I love when that shit happens. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we'll get back to your, your music. So what was the the next step then? Was it in high school, obviously joining high school bands? Was it what, uh, what way did it go? Yeah. So um, me and a couple like-minded you know, people uh, that just kind of also enjoyed making music. We got together, we made, you know, we just got in our friend's basement, make some music. It wasn't anything, it never got anything like too, too serious in the sense of like, you know, I mean, like lyrical content. We weren't putting out songs that were like earth shadower, earth shattering, like wouldn't make you change your perception or anything like that. It was like literally ninth, 10th graders, like getting together, making like fast punk rock songs about bullshit. No big deal. But what we did end up doing, which I didn't even realize we were, is we were booking a lot of shows. We were playing a lot of shows. We were. It was a time around here where there was a lot of like underground DIY shows at like uh, like bar, like not bars, but like just places where you'd go in like VFWs, VFWs and places you'd go in. You'd say, hey, can I rent this place for the evening? They say yes. You say, OK. And you just set up shop. It's just like a fire hall or just a big open arena like a big open cafeteria or something like that. And he was like, yo, so what we were doing is we were basically putting on shows as ninth graders, as 10th graders, hitting up all these bands that were actually pretty big uh, throughout Lancaster um, and just like playing shows, making connections. And then we ended up playing like a couple stages that were like, quote unquote, a big deal uh, in Lancaster and stuff like that. And we all were just like kids, just like fucking around and it was fun. And I think back and I'm like, yes, I, I feel like I took what I needed to that, which is like, okay, I literally booked a show with another ninth grader when I was in ninth grade. I can do anything now. Now that I'm an adult, I can do anything I fucking want to do. Um, so throughout high school, it's just like literally making these like punk rock songs that are just like, you know, two minute punk rockers. And then going out and trying to play having our parents drive us to shows and shit that are all just like local and then obviously at the end of high school that shit just like deteriorizes and people just have to like maneuver through what they do so i myself just uh i moved in uh i just kind of chilled at my parents and moved into a living situation where i couldn't play the drums so for a couple years it was all just like me waiting me saying, oh, my God, as soon as we move to a place where I can get my drum set, I'm, I'm ready. So I just kind of waited a couple years after high school, just kind of working random jobs and, 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 and hanging out like it was no big deal. You know, what I mean, 21, it's not like you're rushing to make music. You're just like, yo, I'm trying to fucking drink Ciroc with the boys and smoke <laughs> weed. And, you know, what I mean, so it was just like yeah. chilling for a couple of years. Um, and then I moved to a, a, a house or a living situation where I had my drum set and I was like, OK go time i know a couple dope fucking songwriters that were my friends growing up i want to make as much music with these guys as possible so i just after a couple years this is probably like you know 2017 2018 i just put my head down i was like yo guys whoever's serious about making music i have a drum set i have a basement let's start writing and just kind of started writing after like transitioning like i said from the high school just doing bullshit to chilling for a minute to now I just have my own living situation where it's like, I am the one in control of what comes out. I'm the one in control of if music comes out, if it doesn't, I'm the reason why 
Yeah, yeah. Was your focus solely on the drums for yourself or did you want to write songs? Was there any other instruments you wanted to to try as well? Um, it's tough. Obviously, I'm <laughs> I fucking love the drums. I'm glad that that was my like given ability because I love just like I'm a I just am an energetic motherfucker. So like the fact that I can play the drums, which is just an instrument you can't turn down. It's always loud. Like I fucking love it. So no one, I embrace the drums. Um, and until I master the drums as a craft, I, I didn't, I can't, you know, I mean, I'm not going to take more stuff on. So it basically, I just wanted to be on the drums. I knew a bunch of people who could play guitar and it's basically, Hey, you play guitar. Guess what? You got to play bass too. Cause it's <laughs> like that type of mindset. But, uh, I, until I mastered the drums, and honestly, my goal is not to end as a drummer or end as playing the instrument, like an instrument physically. My goal is to end as running the label, being create, being a creative, spending my time connecting and building relationships with people, because that is actually what gives me the most joy. Perfect segue. I was just about to ask you, at what point then did you get to the stage where you wanted to start the label was it a case of the music wasn't enough or did you realize that you'd have more more ability or more be better a better way to get your music out there if you started the label yeah so a couple different reasons made me go the quote-unquote label route um one i just enjoy doing all of this stuff anyway, like making the music, physically playing the drums, uh, mentally writing the drum parts. If I only did that in the process, then I would only be there for 10% of the whole process from start to finish. So I was just like, yo, I, I love trying to tie whole projects together. I love taking the vibe of you know, all this stuff. So I started writing music with people. And the first guy I wrote with, his name's Will, uh, Will Leff, I'll say his last name, because I got so much respect for this guy. Um, we wrote a project together and he has been so just his, his approach has been so respectful or so like respected by me, his approach to music, his approach to the pureness of the craft and not letting any bullshit get in the way of the pureness of the craft. And he not only played in bands and did these tours and whatever, whatever, he had a quote unquote label that like did all this other stuff. And I was like, okay, I really respect what this guy's doing. I want to just connect with what he's doing and say, let me like help work with your label, whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, at that time, it just wasn't, there wasn't the motivation behind the people working behind this label or behind this idea. So I was just like, okay, these people aren't even really moving a conversation along no big deal. Let me just go back to the drawing board. Um, yeah. I, at that time was still writing a couple projects, playing the drums, was in the studio, learning how the, how the studio works, learning how out, like just behind this, like behind the scenes as much as I could. Um, I spent a bunch of time in a back room by myself at the end of 2020. I just was in a back room for my job and I was just back there with nothing but my thoughts. And I was like, okay, I pushed this as far as I can go. I can get better at the drums, but that doesn't mean anything. I know how to put together packet, like an album package that I know people enjoy from the images to the album art, to the music and tying it all together. What is the next step? And I was like, okay, I want to get into the hip hop game. I can't rap. I can't produce. I'm not into anything like that, but hip hop has saved my life. I am been more in the hip hop as an art form than I've been in 
any other music that how so i was like how do i get in that i guess i gotta do label work or promotion just whatever i just need a name behind what i'm doing so i just basically it all just kind of the universe started throwing ideas out at me and it said basically it was letting me know like yo if you promote yourself under a label people will a take you more seriously so just as a promotion point just do that even with I'll, I'll literally write an email from the same computer, from the same table and get a different response if it's from a quote unquote band or if it's from me from the label. Sign the same name and everything. So I'm like, fuck it. <laughs> I'm going to go leave. That, yeah, it's a little tidbit. People pick that up. Like start, like, it doesn't matter. It's just all about how you make people perceive how you look. Perception. So, yeah. so I, you know, I mean, I, with that mindset, I was like, oh, how do I take what I've already established, which is a well-promoted well you know put together album package and push it to the next level when i do it again so it was just like all right it needs to have a label behind it i'm the only one who i feel like can control my own fulfillment if i'm not doing it no one is going to connect with me the way that i feel like i connect so until the same reason why it's like a lot of the rock bands that come out on it is going to be from me because i feel like no one's going to be coming with better ideas than i'm as vain as that sounds so that's why i'm going to the hip-hop um so I just needed to touch every genre. And I feel like that was a way to kind of neatly umbrella it without, you know, I mean, without just over it with formally neatly umbrella in it without, you know, I mean, compromising and, and throwing myself because I do want to keep the guy behind the drum set different from the guy running the label, from the guy doing this. It's all different people. It just I happen to have to be the one doing all of it. So it was a way to kind of separate duties and, yeah, you know. Yeah. And how do you? How do you go from waking up one day saying you want your own label to actually making it a reality? What are the steps you took to make it make it a reality? Yes. So before I get into the detail details, the only thing to do anything is to do it. So I just woke up and I was like, yo, this is something I want to do. What do I need to do? Boom, task list. Let me see what it what what are the natural orders of things. So it's just like, okay, let me come up with cool names. Let me come up with, you know, logos. Let me get the the actual thing that people will see. Uh, so I just, like I said, I spent a lot of time brainstorming and just kind of accepting ideas from the universe and, and throwing out the bad ones. And um, I came up with the main thing that I, I, I wanted to do. And this kind of stemmed and, and a lot of it started forming after is just why? Why am I doing it? Why? Like you said, why? What? what did you why are you going to do it? If you don't have a why, what you're doing has no, there's no fucking reason to do what you're doing. Yeah. There's no reason behind it. So why am I doing this? Um, me specifically, the reason I started doing this is because I wanted to, I don't know how to do anything. This is what I know how to do the best in the world. Like this is the, my best thing that I like, this is my, my greatest ability that if people trust me and put their faith and like for like my parents or my wife or my friends, like this is my way that I feel like I can repay them as they put in their trust in me, them giving me their knowledge, them, you know what I mean? So this is my repayment for that. So I was like, okay, the reason I'm doing this is by no means about myself, period. Okay. As soon as you get the reason why, then you can easily act. So it's just like, why am I doing this? Oh, it has nothing to do with me. All right. How do I come up with, up with this? Oh, what's something that the, so uh, I say, as soon as you get the reason why, and you get the want to do it, uh, I mean, the steps you could go, like I said, you come up with the name, you come up with the logo, you come up with the genre, you come up with your mission statement. you like, then you just treat it as a business. But 
if you don't have that why, you can't even proceed from there. Exactly. And you can apply that across the board to so many other things. You know, you need the why. And then you need the focus and the ability to make it make it possible. But um, some people might say nowadays, you know, everything is so easily home produced that the days of record labels are kind of dying out. It seems like a bit of a gamble to actually start a record label now. So is that is that something that uh, came into your decision making? Um, no, <laughs> no, because a my decisions obviously i take in outside influences but my decisions i feel are very specific and thrown right into my soul and being for a reason um so when i'm like oh you need to do this okay i need to do it because it feels right to me so in a way but no because i feel like i felt like and i still feel like and as long as i feel like as enthused and as passionate, as genuine as I do about it, the answer is always going to be no. The answer is, I know what I'm doing is going to help what I feel pushes the world forward. Um, so, nah, I, I don't, and like, and, and thinking, and like I was saying, going back to how I like some of these old labels and, and people who you don't know what they're doing until years in the future i don't give a shit what people say right now because timelessness has nothing to do with what someone says this exact minute so i look at some of these people like definitive junks and and people like that who were not successful at the time they went quote unquote bankrupt but now people from that label are more successful now than they were when that label was going and everyone's just like wait a second this label was doing something pretty special back then so uh, uh, no, because I'm I'm thinking timelessness, not what the man next to me says this exact minute. Yeah, yeah, that's a good attitude to have. So what's the the day to day like? Then are you working on your own music? Are you searching for other artists to sign to the label? What's what do you do? Sure. So um, obviously changes by the week, by the month, depending on who's doing what um, around me. I obviously being so. DIY and like startup right now I do have you know a day job so a majority of my day is out over at you know the farm uh doing my thing during the day but when I have time I make sure I set you know a good bit of time every day to do my thing um right now currently um the one the hip-hop artist Shaw Calhoun that I'm working with uh, he just released a project a month ago, so I'm in the middle of promoting that. So I'm looking for publications when in my off time when I'm just like chilling, uh, sending out emails, trying to connect with whoever I can to get, you know, plays or write-ups or interviews or whatever for him. And we're also in the middle of planning our next, I guess his next adventure, his next things. We're going to combine uh, in December and he's going to stay up at my house. He's from you know, a good three hours away. He's going to stay up at my house. We're going to go to the studio for the weekend and we're going to try to record two EPs worth of worth of music. So I connect with him. I connect with him every single, I text him every day and we talk on the phone every weekend. So me and him are building creativity, like creatively. And while he's writing the next stuff, I'm promoting the last stuff. Um, and then I'm also a project that I played the drums on for uh, Advocat. Uh, is the name of the group. Uh, right now, we just we're waiting for masters to come back, and I'm going to have a call later today with Allison and that other guy in it, Kyle, and we're going to start talking about the first drafts of the artwork. What do we like? 
And then we got new pictures back. So we're going to pick what pictures go with it and kind of complete that package. So right now I'm completing an album package that I played the drums on and I'm also promoting and helping plan for the next stuff for this hip hop artist. Um, and when there's literally nothing to do, it's just collecting publications. Like when I literally have none of that to do and I have a day where there's nothing, I'm just still moving my hands busy, chipping away, finding publications, just hitting up someone who is useful, just always, always, always doing something when you, when you set the time for it. So little busy time right now, but um, just kind of always chipping away from something. There's always something to promote. Um, I'm, I'm on the ground level with everything. So like I said, if there's nothing to promote, if there's nothing to, 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 to create uh, musically, uh, the brand can always be worked on. I got the skateboard decks. I can always design stickers or try to find some new merch outlet or there's, the day-to-day looks like just you you say what what is the best use of my time right now and you list whatever it is and whatever sticks out as the most important you just fucking do yeah yeah it's uh i don't know how you uh find the time to do anything else you sound like a very busy man at the moment i mean it it it's so it, it's fun because i i i like to say or i feel like uh i live three months in the future so I already planned out what is going to be done in three months. Like I know three months from right now, I know where we should be at. So it's just basically how do I chip away to get to that? So it, it's already The hard part's already figured out when the creativity is already done. That is the hardest part. And struck with creativity out of nowhere, hard work. Everything else is fucking light work. Like I could send emails like, oh, fuck it. I'll wait and I'll stay up an extra hour and send emails. Like that is light work. I'll fucking talk to someone on the phone for an, a half hour like fuck that's light work like so once the creativity's out there like everything else is fucking light work yeah everything just flows once the hard part is done you just kind of know what you need to chip away to go there so it's just like all right there's this all right i need to do this 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 yeah it, yeah yeah you just set your target and work out how you're going to get to it so say you uh are you actively looking for more artists to sign up at the moment or are you just focusing on the, the way it is yeah. Um, so I'm always, you know, I mean, I always got my ear to the street. I'm always trying to hear new music, uh, but I also don't like to. I don't think it is fair to take more on until I maximize what I feel like I can do with with these people. So I'm still at a, a new stage with working with, you know, Shaw and I'm still at a new stage of kind of promoting my own music with myself. Mm-hmm. So until I feel like I maximize my efforts in that way, I don't want to take more on because then I feel like someone will suffer. So um, I always got my ear to the street. I always got, you know, I got a couple people in mind that like, I would love to hit up me like, yo, make a five song project. Let me hear it. Guess what? I'm putting it out. I'm promoting it. We're working together. Um, but I don't want to not, I don't want to take away from who I do have. So I'm, I'm not trying to add more because I can't add more workload, but mm-hmm. I'm always listening to who's good and who's not and trying to find who just because I, I'm a I'm a fan of music. So I'm always listening. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't feel like it would be fair because I don't have enough space at this point to. Yeah. You don't want to spread yourself too thin either, you know, where, as you said, you can't you can't focus on everyone. Then if you have a couple of more and yeah. uh you know, I think uh, if you were to do that, the business would start to suffer. You need to be able to completely look after the artists you have, you know, make sure they feel like the most important people in the world before you start extending. So you definitely have the right plan at the moment anyway. And um, when it comes to gigs, then 
do you have any time at all to play much? Oh man, I mean, it's it's tough because I mean, yes and no. I always I, I always have time to play. Like you know, I mean, I I I I love that shit. Like I every every time I try to go into this weird thought process I'm about to break into, I just always snap back. I'm like, yo, nothing's better than fucking playing a show. You know what I mean? You go in, you set up your fucking drum set, you play, you just put your fucking head down, you jam the fuck out, you deconstruct your own drum set, and you just watch other people play. Like, yeah, dude, nothing's better than it. Um, but more and more, I've been on the mindset of I want to create more art more than anything. So I have the time to play, but the way I fashion it to like the people that I play with or or whatever, it's when you practice, you can only practice in my mind. You can practice for a show or you practice to write new new music. It's hard to do both. I have the mindset right now, at least, where I want to spend 100% of my time doing nothing but writing new music. So I have the time, but I have this weird like complex where I feel like I don't want to play because I would rather spend all my time making new music because I feel at least right now, what will stick in the long term will be an album. An album is out forever. You put music out, it is out till the end of time. You shift vibrations in the universe when you do that. You play a show, it doesn't do that as much as in a long term. But you know what I mean? Like people play 200 shows a year and no one will remember. But if you put out a good album, people in fucking 30 years are like, holy shit, that shit. You know what I mean? So because of that, I've been on a weird mindset. but. Um, coming up, I think me and me and Advocate are going to play some shows soon. Uh, I played one recently. This gentleman, Skate Wagon, is the name of the brand. Uh, he puts together like skateboard events, like skate contests and stuff like that in the area. And he always he's a good friend of mine, uh, Zach. He's a good friend of mine, and he'll have me come and like sponsor and like bands will play. So uh, he always has an opening slot for me when like these skate contests go on. But I haven't been I haven't really looked to find gigs yet but gigs are everywhere fucking easy to find at least over in here like everyone's so eager to get back out and do the like do the fun stuff that yeah uh, everyone wants to party yeah i haven't played any recently but uh probably the turn of the year i might get a couple in the first quarter of the year yeah yeah and i always ask what can people expect when they come to see one of your live shows so (laughs) I personally, I can only speak for myself because uh, with being in a couple different bands, there's like I haven't been able to play one band. We played one show, one band we haven't played for a while. This one band that we're going to be playing, we actually haven't played a show, but we've played. It was a guy I was in high school, band like a band together. So it was like we played together. So but personally, I like to. Visually, I like I, I take a lot from Keith Moon. Right. So you you see me behind the drum set. I'm just head down and arms going fucking crazy. Like, and I'm talking Keith Moon when he's like kicking shit over, putting the dynamite in his drum, like the crazy Keith Moon. So like <laughs> the end of every show, I'm like stabbing snare drums. Like my shit will end with like sticks through it. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm talking Keith Moon when he's just head down, like looking like he's an octopus, like that type of shit. <laughs> That's a... Uh... It's important. It's it sounds like a hell of a lot of fun, but it's also important to have the entertainment factor, you know. And craziness does give way to entertainment, you know. I mean, I, uh, I, I mean, I, I grew up 
I, I, I've liked, like you talk about what is a rock star, like in my mind, when you talk rock band or rock star, it's someone who like fucking trashes their instrument at the end of a show. Like I'm talking like Nirvana circa mm. 1990 when they're like sword fighting with the bass and guitar. <laughs> like I'm talking shit like that. Like that shit gets me going. So yeah. Yeah. Jeez. I'd actually love to know how long it's been since a band has actually even attempted anything like that. I'd say it's about 15 years. No way would they, there be too many lawsuits nowadays, you know? Yeah. Um, People don't let loose as crazy on stage. They do it, but it, there's no like, yeah, the newer, honestly, honestly, it's crazy. But like hip hop is more like if you watch some, some hip hop audiences and hip hop shows of recent, they've adopted more of like the rock mindset than the rock bands have. Mm. So it is interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's just about, it's, I mean, it's the young, I don't think young, young, like young kids who do traditionally run around in circles and go crazy. They're going to more hip hop shows now than, than the rock band. So it's just like the people who do would go crazy, like them old grunge bands or whatever. Like they're, they just got old people at the show. So <laughs> true. Yeah. True. True. <laughs> so, um, can we speak a bit about homemade ski mask for a bit? Can you tell me the history of that? Yeah, I would I would love to get into homemade ski mask. Uh, that is a two piece myself on the drums and a really, really, really good human being, uh, Mike Tennant. He played guitar. Um, we that that's someone that I've known for a while. He's, you know, been a friend, been an acquaintance, just someone who's been just in and out or, you know, hanging out throughout my life. And then uh, there was a time where we just got together and when I was just, we just connected on a level where it's like okay guess what we're going to make a project that we both feel like pushes what people think we can do hmm. and it was the first time we both like he thought that and I was like all right dude I'm on you like let's fucking do it like let's do it because I know based on his in, in his influences and I knew what he was going to bring like uh energy wise and vibration wise I knew I wanted to make something with him just like yeah. knew it. I was like, yo, as soon as I make some with him, it's an underground classic. Like I know it. So <laughs> when the pan, like the pandemic or whatever, we had the time and he literally came up once a week, probably like, you know, 30 weekends and 30 weeks in a row or something crazy. Like he literally, like it was all, we just focused. It was like, I focused so hard. I know he was focused so hard. Like you could just tell, like we just were locked in and yeah, I, I can't even express how proud I am of that album because of what it represents to me. It's just a lot of these albums I make with people that I've known longer than I've made music. So it's just like this represents a bond now that me and a very special human that I've known for a while will always have. So the album itself is just I mean, it, you could tell like we were just we're just energetic people. Uh, I, I, I fashion it as. Uh, as like good energy in the form of like aggression. I like good, like, you know what I mean? Like it, it is aggressive. It is in your face. It is energetic, but it is only there to bring positive vibes, good ideas, like the intentions of what words are being said are all for what we feel are good, pure intentions. So it's like, oh, it's aggressive. It's this, but it's, it is one of the most positive vibe out albums that I feel like I've, uh, I've helped make. And yeah, it recorded at the Kaleidoscope. 
in Lancaster. Shout out those guys. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm super proud of that. The homemade ski mask and the name itself. That's one of like, I fucking love that band. Like, yeah, <laughs> everything about it is like, no, the album art. Like, yeah, like I fuck. Yeah. I'm yeah. super proud of that project. Yeah, you should be. It seems like it just, everything just fell together properly. Like, as you said, the name, it, has, it just rolls off your tongue. <laughs> the, the music, it's, I love the rawness and the proper, like, it's proper punky rock sort of, you know, you really just like, it's like a throwback to proper, proper rock from decades ago, you know, mm. and punk. It's just, uh, was it hard to come up with the idea of what you wanted it to be? Um, I mean, musically, the way we created it musically, uh, we, like I said, he, he, we, we spent a lot of time together physically, like a lot of time together physically. Like he would come up, we would hang out and chill before we practice and just talk, brainstorm. We would come up and pray. Like we spent a lot of time together physically on all levels. Um, so musically we would just jam we'd come up and just have these like two hour jam sessions three hour jam sessions and like just you jam we both enjoy we get into it and when it clicked we just like be like stop that was cool like, like what's that da, da, da. and then like we just like construct like because as you tell like the song structures are kind of unique so it was just like a lot of like once we figured out what our what the inspirations were and kind of how we needed to approach it actually kind of fell together pretty easy. We, we took the inspirations. I can get into those, but we, like I said, we just spent a lot of time together. That one was a case of if you just spend a lot of time together where you're head down working, shit will happen. Like that was the definition and the result of just head down hard work. Yeah. Yeah. And what's, uh, what's the next step with homemade ski mask? Is there any plans set in stone for you guys? Yeah, homemade ski mask right now. Uh, with where we're both at in life, or he he uh, just got into he he just moved into a better you know better living situation. So he he gets a pass for like you know he's moving and doing so. Um, yeah, we're gonna begin writing here soon. I would hope uh, he stacks riffs and he'll play his guitar and like come up with cool shit. And usually he'll play on his own. He'll come to practice. He'll say, "Here's a couple things I thought of," and I'll just be like, "Oh, this is cool. This isn't." So, um, uh, I like to do, you know, four or five song releases at a time. So when you do hear from us, it'll be another, you know, four or five song project, but we're still at the very beginning stages of that, unfortunately, yeah. but I know we have the foundation to come again, come at another with another, you know, another good step in the right direction. And I know our inspirations are a little a little different from that time so it's going to be a different sound we were yeah it's going to be a forward-thinking sound and it won't sound the exact same so but we're at the beginning stages of all that good good i look forward to hearing the next thing you put out anyway when you get to it but uh what was the reception like when you released the last record it must have went down very well did it yeah so when we dropped the the homemade ski mask um Right now I'm in a, I'm in a stage where I, I know the value of winning over your backyard. And I, I, I respect like that, where it's like, Oh, you should, you start with your city and you build out. I'm starting even more than that, where it's like, I need to come up with an album that some of my friends find perfect. Like I know there's a, like when I start making an album, I, I change stylistically and I pull different styles to begin an album so there, I know it's not going to please everyone. I know as soon as I start an album, 
these set five people or whatever are going to be the ones that I'm the most excited to show it to. Yeah. So the reception to me was, I just wanted, I, it was a step up. I had friends who were just like, yo, best thing you put out yet. Or yo, you're clearly stepping up or yo, good job. Or yo, I didn't even know you guys were working together. This is crazy. So, um, yeah, a lot of, uh, you know, my, my, my parents recognized some of the, the work I put in and a lot of the friends that I wanted to recognize the work. And, and that is basically the reception that I took in. Uh, we sent it out obviously like the blogs liked it and the, the radio playlist liked it. It is kind of of the time, you know, it has that like idle sound and it has that like, you know I mean? That type of sound and that's kind of big now. So it kind of fits in with what the, what like underground radio is playing. But uh, honestly it was cool. Cause there's just some parts in the album that I was excited for like, my mom or like my wife's parents or like yeah. this, you know, I mean, my one coworker, just like people who aren't necessarily in this music to see. And I got some response from people who don't listen to this genre. And that is what is huge to me is when someone who doesn't even come close to listening to that is like, Oh, I like that you added this, or I, I respect that you, you approached it this way. Or I like your mind when you did that. So, um, yeah, it must have all affirmed that you're on the right track, that you're doing the right thing. It is. Like I said, it's, it's one thing for a random playlist who's supposed to like rock music to be like, oh, this is cool. Like, yeah, obviously you like it or it fits in. But when someone who is just like a public speaker who talks about something like this or something like, you know, what I mean, is like, oh, hey, I like that. Like, that's a whole different level. Yeah. Yeah. When you're able to convert them over to your genre, it really means when more. They, it like lines up or it just proves that music is energy music isn't just like as physical as hearing something like someone can take something so raw and even though they never existed in that world they can feel the energy because they understand the energy you're putting out because they also put out that energy so yeah 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 we'll uh we'll get to the last couple of questions now nobody i'm afraid gets off the podcast without answering these questions okay uh, word if you could, uh, if you could see any performer from history, dead or alive, for one night only in concert, who would it be? So I'm going to answer somebody and I'm going to say like a year or something like that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I'll say this person in this year, because obviously like seeing someone from the fucking 50s right now, like, no, <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, hmm. Oh, shit. Because I have seen some people that I'm just like, all right, word. I'm gonna say there's a, a this is I don't know this this is what popped in my head. Um, because I've seen footage on it on YouTube and shit. It just like was like, yo, imagine being there. Um, hmm. the Bad Brains performance at CBGB. Right. Right. Yes. That shit just like ah. Just <laughs> ah. <laughs> like I don't know. Just oh my god. Like you just want to be there. <laughs> oh my god dude from uh yeah so there's obviously a lot but like i can think of that footage i remember watching some of it and it's just like yo bad mm. brains at cbgb i think it was 1982 or something Jeez. like that like uh yeah geez it would have been a good night anyway um the next one if you could be locked in a room with any performer from history for 24 hours who would it be I'm going to say, and the reason I'm saying anybody is because what we are doing is we're just having a conversation. 
Mm-hmm. It's not like I want to be in a room with this person because I feel like they're going to enhance the party or, you know what I mean? Like if it's like, yo, I want to invite, like if it was like, I want to party with someone for 24 hours, we're going like two chains or something like that. Mm-hmm. But we're going, who would I want to have a 24 hour conversation with is the way I'm thinking it. And that'd be a long conversation. <laughs> yeah. Um, probably doom. Really? MF doom. Ah, boy, some uh, doom. I just want to know, I mean, his history is intense, like intense and interesting, but I just want to know the mindset from 2001 to 2004. Really? That would be my question. And then I would just let him talk for 24 hours. Hmm. Just soak it all up. Just, yeah. Cause that, yeah. Um, yeah. Pro- maybe doom, uh, LP maybe, um, hmm. if we're going to go in the rock world, uh, I mean, gotta go Neil from rush, even though it'd be fucking weirded out by that. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah uh basically it'd be a 24-hour conversation yeah 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 you definitely learn some interesting stuff though you know and could apply it to your business and your your business model and your music it'd be Mm -hmm. very beneficial if it could happen um the next one if there was a song that could appear on the soundtrack to your life what would it be So would it be like the opening credits to my biography or what? Um, yeah. Yeah. The opening credits or the closing credits. Okay. I'm going to say the life. opening credits because the closing credits are too, that's like too intense to think about. It's like, yo, what would I want my <laughs> final song to be? Like, I don't even want to think about that right now. <laughs> so the opening credits. Actually, the way that I've always ever thought about this question is because I, I skateboard and I'm big like into the skate culture and all that is if I were to make a skate video part, what would my song be? Hmm. And the way that I always answer that, obviously, it's always flip floppy and stuff. Um, but I would probably make my skate video part. It would be a song. I believe it's called He Comes or something like that by De La Soul featuring Ghostface Killer. Ah. That'd be my skate video part, at least right this very second. Cool, cool. Be a cool one to pick, all right. And uh, is there any messages you have for the fans? Any message you want to leave them with before I let you go? Yeah, just always look for pure intentions. If you question anyone's intentions or if you think they're cloudy, don't be afraid to open dialogue. Don't be afraid to have conversations. Don't be intimidated to just sit down and talk to somebody face to face. If you are afraid to, or if you feel like you can talk to someone about good stuff, it should be just as unintimidated to talk to someone about something that you view negative, something that you feel is constructive criticism or accepting it. So always be open to hearing somebody's side of the story before shutting it down. Brilliant piece of advice there. Brilliant piece of actual life advice. You know, normally when I ask people are like, oh, listen to my listen to my music or come to my shows or, you know, get back to going to concerts after the pandemic. But I like that. It's an actual piece of life advice people can apply to their lives. Well, one of your songs are going to play us out. Would you like to tell us a bit about it? Yeah. OK. I mean, uh, again, what more appropriate song to play out than the outro? <laughs> This motherfucker think I'm dead. 
but he don't know I am the human tornado. <laughs> I went to my dentist this morning, he was selling gold. I said, put me one here, one here, and one here. And that costs money. You understand that? Yeah. yeah, baby colors is green and purple. What? Greens for the paper. Uh -huh. Purpose for the bud, like I brought it with the Lakers. Yeah. For the movers, for the shakers. Okay. Either was customer was tailored. Tip the sailor, uh. Venezuela, margaritas for a player. Neck and wrist went through a glacier. Show the savior, dark school, sick flows was the major. Packed in, I should run for mayor. That boy cold, hope he layer. Axe Roma, in the Himalaya. Dodging the haters with these aviators. Shy bright like he's an activator. All alphas, nigga. No beta, they flow, I'm a trailblazer. You my main man. You my main man. Hello everyone, I am Matthew Thomas, the Spirit of Super Cool Radio, and if you're looking for a great podcast that features the best independent and up-and-coming bands and artists, then check out my podcast, Super Cool Radio. Each week, I deliver fun interviews, and every Friday, I spin some killer music. You might not know some of these bands that I feature, but I guarantee you will love them. Check out Super Cool Radio on YouTube, Rumble, Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, or the streaming platform of your choice. Tune in and rock out. Hey guys, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, make sure to rate and review us on iTunes. You can also now rate us on Spotify. You can find and follow us on all social media. Just search for Concerts That Made Us Podcast. Be sure to check out our website at www.concertsthatmadeus.com And if you would like to support the show, you can sign up at patreon.com forward slash Concerts That Made Us. It costs less than what you'd pay for a coffee. So, until next time, keep rocking. Hey, hey, what are you guys still doing there? The show's over. It's over. You can go home. Go on. We'll see you next time. We'll be here. <laughs>